This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome into the Salt City Hoops show here on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. We are the ESPN Troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper, NBA columnist for FanRagSports.com, joins me, as he does mostly every week when he's in town. Although, last week you were in New Orleans. Uh, I was. And, well, we just didn't have a show, but... Uh, <laughs> we had a you... podcast. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, we, we recorded a podcast earlier, right. so... By the way, if you want to listen to more of us, you can always listen to us as a podcast. You can find it on ESPN700sports.com, SaltCityHoops.com, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, but we're actually here in studio today, and we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. Uh, jazz, NBA-related. Uh, we had the 1997 Utah Jazz Ceremony last night here. Right. I thought that was a cool event, um, so we'll talk about that. We've got Rudy Gobert being a destroyer of worlds. He was good last night <laughs> he was really good Real, last night yeah he's he's making me put like some interesting questions to paper that i need you to like talk me from the ledge okay you know like or maybe i'll give you a push oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i shouldn't i shouldn't count on you for jazz pessimism when you're the 57 win guy 56 down to 54 yeah, 54 is still plausible because they have right. 44 wins and 10 games left in the right. year. Right, <laughs> so mathematically, I'm still in this. Uh, it's looking doubtful, but, yeah. you know, still, or we believe. it's looking like a 100% lock. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yep, for sure. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other Jazz playoff uh, issues, whether where they end up making it in the playoffs, that sort of thing. Talk about the 97 stuff. Um, Gordon Hayward had an interesting quote from last night about uh, staying with one team, and I right. want to play that later on in the show. We'll have Andrew Han. Is it Han? Andrew Han, Han right? Yeah. He's from Clipper Blog. Um, ESPN. Yeah. E- yeah, ESPN, the ESPN troop affil- affiliate for them. Uh, so we'll talk about the possible matchup with the Clippers and also you know what's kind of up in Clipperland, not only for the playoffs, but also just this Saturday's matchup, which proves to be a big game for that 4-5 seeding. Right. Uh, those implications. So... Then, of course, we'll go around the NBA and do all the other random stuff that we end up talking about. Exactly. So, um, as always, you can tweet us at Andy B. Larson is my Twitter handle. At Talk Hoops is Zach's. Um, Or you can even call us if you're so bold enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, no one talks on the phone anymore. No, no one wants that. Um, But uh, we do, I guess. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Please. If you're not going to be weird, give us a call. That's a lot of pressure yeah, on Yeah, okay. It just kind of weird's fine. Yeah, okay. Just don't be real weird. 877-353-0700 is our number. 877-353-0700. All right. Let's let's go to the the precipice of Rudy Gobert Canyon. Uh and I need you to tell me like he was fantastic last he night was first really of all. Good, 35 yeah. points, 13 rebounds. 11 of those were offensive by the yeah. way. Uh four blocks was a plus 13 on the night. I think Quinn Snyder absolutely nailed it when he said, if Rudy doesn't play that well, we don't win that game. You right. know, he scored 18 points off of offensive rebounds by himself. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, so I think that was five putbacks and then four times four times for two trips, two right. free throws each that he went to the line and, and, and made them. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty wild. Um, and it's got me thinking. Okay. 
Is Rudy Gobert? Oh, how good of a player is he? Is he is he a superstar? Is he a top ten player? Is he top fifteen? Like I'm trying to figure out what exactly the Jazz have here. Top ten's ambitious. Top ten is real That's ambitious. Real ambitious. All right. Um, I'm so. I'm just gonna throw ten guys out of there. That's exactly off the top. Of I my made head. a list to prep for this. Okay. So uh, let's see if our list compare. Go ahead. All right. Number one, Tony Parker. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, LeBron James. Yeah. James Harden. Yep. Russell Westbrook. Yep. Kawhi Leonard. Yep. Kevin Durant. Yep. Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steph Curry. Yep. Who else is there? Um, Chris Paul. Yep. Uh, Giannis. Uh, yeah, I've got him as a question mark, Ooh, but I think probably okay. like you know, yeah, that's uh, Draymond. Is Draymond better than Rudy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that doesn't mean Rudy's bad. I had bad. it as a question mark too. It doesn't but... mean Rudy's bad, but Draymond is okay. He's as good defensively in a much different way, right? right? And he's a better offensive player. Okay. Um, I'll accept it. Okay. <laughs> Paul George? I have, yeah, probably. Again. But that one I could be talked out of. Yeah. I'm not so high on Paul George anymore. Zach Lowe wrote a great thing on Paul George uh, and, the, and the Pacers in general and their problems. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I read it, and during it, like, there are a couple mo- po- points where he's like, you know, Paul George is an unquestioned superstar, blah, blah, blah. And I, and, I know Zach is coming from a, a very intelligent place on this. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I am falling out of love with Paul George. The yeah, more yeah. I watch him, and I don't know what it is. I mean, first of all, I think there is like a definite step back that he's taken yeah. since the injury or maybe this season, right. whatever unhappiness. Maybe since the power forward move, whatever it is. You know, like I, th- I think that's – obviously he moved back to small forward. Right. But, you know, something I, – I think he isn't as good as he was two seasons. Right. Uh, and – Ultimately, I, I think that there's also kind of an up and down care factor there, where right. if he, he's not necessarily giving it all, especially on the road this season, yeah. where they've been really bad. I think they're 11 and 25 now on the road, so right, uh, that's that's not great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, at his peak, and maybe that's maybe that's fair to compare. You could say Paul George is better. I have him as a question mark too. My question is, you know, like I think Paul George and Gordon Hayward are kind of similar right. value players at this point. And at this point, I'm ready to say Rudy Gobert is more impactful to the Jazz than Gordon Hayward is. I disagree. Okay. That was my next question for you is, do you think he, Rudy Gobert is better than, than Gordon Hayward? I do. Like, really? not, I, is not this because better. of last night? Like, Gordon, for sure, this is Gordon. like recency bias. <laughs> I mean, Gordon was bad for most of that game last night, right? Yeah. At least in terms of making shots. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's fair to say he was just a bad player last night or he just couldn't hit shots, right? right. Um, but his shot, his shots were real off. Uh, whatever. I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, he, he's just consistently much better. I would say now, Rudy Gobert. Now Rudy's role is super important, right? It's hyper important because of the way he allows them to play defense and the job he does defensively, just as an individual. And, and he's a very good offensive player with what he does. He's a very good pick and roll guy. He's been a better passer, like all that stuff. The, the screens he sets, but who is he setting the screens for? He's setting them for Gordon Hayward, right? Gordon yeah. Hayward. I just think Gordon Hayward does consistently so much to lead this team and draw the attention of the opponent. And I'm big on if you draw the attention of an op- of the opponent, that that impact is it's harder to quantify but is probably I don't know, easier to see if that makes sense. But I mean, you can also say Rudy Gobert does that with his roles to the rim, right? I mean, he's no, drawing No, I mean, there there's the roles are there because Gordon Hayward's there. 
So I mean, because you are either not leaving Gordon Hayward on the perimeter, or he has the ball in his hands, and they are trying to figure out how is Gordon Hayward going to come around this pick and hurt us. But you can run a, you can run a Joe Ingles pick and roll or whatever with Rudy Gobert and have uh, not the same success certainly. Sure, but you can you can still find Rudy at the rim. Yeah, and, I mean Rudy, Rudy's seven three. Yeah, you can find him. Right, at, right, right. You can find him at the rim. Like, and he's become very competent and very coordinated in that. Um, but my point with that is, as they are running that, the defense is still aware of wherever Gordon Hayward is on the floor. Sure, and and that, and they don't want the ball to go to him. Do they ever forget where Rudy is? Uh, like I, I there, you see what I'm saying? I think they would rather Rudy beats them than Gordon Hayward. I think it depends on the team. I mean, it, I would think 27 teams in the NBA would rather Gordon Gordon Hayward not beat them than Rudy Gobert. Okay, beats them. interesting. Then Rudy Gobert not beat them. Uh. So were the Knicks one of those teams last night? The Knicks just suck. Yeah, like, okay, I don't. Fair. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I thought Gordon got good shots. He his shot was way off. Like he was yeah. he was missing like wide left, right? Like he was hitting odd parts of the rim. You don't really see him hit. But he was getting good shots. Yeah. And it's the twenty fifth rank, ranked defense in the league, and, and the thirtieth ranked that, defensive rebounding yeah, game in the league. That seems Knicks, generous. So. even that. <laughs> that's, that's last. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's. I mean. It, Gonzaga's got to be a better defensive <laughs> rebounding team than them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think this really could be like recency bias plus the team they just played bias, right? right? Um, but I also, like, there there are some stats that back me up here with, like, okay, like so real plus minus, which I know you hate. Yeah, that's a crap stat. I know you hate it. It's not that I hate it, it's that it's a crap stat. <laughs> I, I disagree. It's fine. It's a good stat. It's, it me- it's meaningless. So... Gordon or Rudy Gobert is seventh in the league. Here's why I don't like in it. real plus because the real isn't real. No, right? It's adjusted. It's adjusted plus minus. They should just, say, just, they should just say, "Hey, here's a number, plus minus." Yeah, that's what it should be called. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, ideally, I, the adjusted non-real plus minus is correlated <laughs> with success in some way. Sure. Why are you so or, mean to what I love? Or it's not. <laughs> I like analytics. I just hate this stat. I think it's crap. So, like, if to me, you look at what Rudy Gobert does from a from a defensive point of view, from a rim protection point of view, and you know, you you can actually look, you know, like let's look at Nylon Calculus's rim protection stats, sure, and say he saves five points per game at the rim, right? Yeah, you know, I whatever mean, it is. Yeah, um, and then you, to me, then you kind of work backwards and look at Gordon Hayward's offense and say, you know, how many points per game is he responsible for on offense? Sure, and I think you can make a case that it's somewhere, comparable? yeah, comparable. Okay. You know, it's somewhere. In that well, I mean, here's the interesting thing is that um, I believe Rudy is allowed to do – Rudy is able to do what he does on offense because of Gordon's presence, right? I, I'm still not taking this premise of yours because I it's mean, too good for me. Good. It's- <laughs> Come on. This is this, – all right. What? Let's just pretend that this is a, universal, a okay. universally accepted premise, right? All right. I think Gordon's a good – a really good defender. Yeah. No, right? I think he's a really good defender because, because Gobert allows him to be. Yeah. Right, because Go- because of Gobert's presence, Gordon is allowed to be stronger, more aggressive, quicker, load up on certain areas because he knows Rudy will have his back. You were trying to give me a point there on defense, and I just shut it down because I wouldn't give you the similar point on offense. Exactly, but I guess what I would say, I think, I think Gordon's impact on, um, on Rudy's offense is just slightly greater than than vice versa, and that's with the understanding that Rudy Gobert may be the defensive player of the year. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I I think that like I I'm totally fine with this argument and right. I, I like I don't think that you're a crazy person. Uh This is the opposite uh, of what I watched Stephen A Smith and LeVar Ball do today. By the way. <laughs> we should probably be screaming at each other. We we could do that. <laughs> I mean, we can also just play that interview. Right. We we, we can make that happen. No, uh I, I like it, it you just look at these it, like the really the plus minus numbers are what consistently get me. And and I think we saw it last night that as soon as Rudy Gobert came out of the game, the Knicks went on an 8-0 run. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference between having Joe Ingles as your backup or Joe Johnson as your backup and Jeff Withy as your backup. Sure. Is, you know, that you kind of get those uh, differences and that comes out in the real plus minuses, that comes out in the in individual game plus minuses, that comes out in, you know, how you kind of feel about a guy when you're watching them uh, without using the stats. Right. But uh, I, I really think you can make a case. Like, certainly Gordon Hayward is more is a more versatile player. He definitely has a, a wider range of skills. Uh, he's certainly a better offensive player. I think you can make a case that Rudy Gobert is so special at his one at his one skill, and really now it's two. I think with rim protection and, sure. and roll finishing. Well, I mean, um, here's the maybe the pairing example mm. is that it, last year there was a or last two years really there was a question of is Draymond Green actually better than Steph Curry? Right. Okay. Right. Because of the things because Dray, Draymond's versatility is off the charts, right? Yeah. And allows him to play certain ways. You could say the similar thing about Rudy on yeah. both ends of the floor, whereas Gordon is the star as Curry is the star, right? Now, right. obviously, different players and different impacts because Curry's a two-time MVP. But um, but that I still believe that stardom creates the opportunity for the star role player. Is there a way for a center in the Rudy Gobert mold to be a star then? Period. You know, sure. I mean, like, I don't know. Some people uh, up until this year, I think if you still consider him this way, would you're you're an idiot. But like, some people considered Kawhi Leonard a star role player, right? Oh, and then I, I guess I mean more of a, like a center, but a, just a big cent- man. You know, I mean, Marcus All. Okay, is he okay? Is he a star? Like in terms of moving the defense in the way you say, probably. Yeah, I mean, he's he can shoot. He's a great yeah. passer. Like, yeah, probably. Okay, I, I you know honestly, I'm thinking more, and this is wildly you're talking un- like Dikembe. Yeah, I mean, uh, like true center, yeah, uh, defensive minded, but yeah, I mean, I guess Dikembe sort of was. A, I mean, Dikembe's a Hall of Famer, so right. like you know, yeah, I guess you could have that that kind of structure. Does that kind of structure give you the best chance to win in a playoff setting? Probably not. Having your your star be your defensive, man. right? Okay, well, uh, I mean, counterpoint, and this is always the counterpoint for all of these arguments. Yeah. But the O four Pistons, right? Is Ben Wallace their star? I mean, he was their fourth best player. Okay. I think he was like they, here. I and think I, he like was, I in two thousand four. Yeah. Pistons sports radio people were probably having the same argument right. too. You know, like to me, Rasheed Wallace was easily the best player okay. on the team, and, not, and it's not close. Like from a pure talent standpoint, sure, right? a- absolutely. I also think like, and maybe this is probably an area we don't want to get into. I think the way Ben Wallace looks is why we considered him such a star. Like he, great defensive player, but like a guy with an afro in two thousand four, right? <laughs> okay. Like on a basketball court. Like that's to like to a lot of people are like, wow, that guy, you know. He looks different than other NBA players because he had the the blown out hair, okay. and I think that probably overvalued his perception a little bit. That's what Rudy's going with with the squiggle is just right. <laughs> that squiggle's got to go. No offense, Rudy, but that, I don't understand that at all. I mean, he reshaved it for the last game. It he, got more aggressive. Yeah, he's he's continually moving back. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird. Will it go all the way to the back of his head at some point? I kind of see it like a, a river. It's kind of Ooh. making new ground for itself. Okay, maybe it's just like a cartography thing. Yeah, no, I'm into it. I'm back in. I'm sorry, Rudy. I didn't mean to dismiss that. 
and you know we just have to let it flow and see how sure. it you know yeah. makes it's just makes canyons eroding his at his hair is that what rivers exactly. do exactly yeah, okay yes <laughs> erosion is occurring uh, uh, to answer ahead. your early question like Rudy Gobert is playing like a top twenty guy and I like top ten seems super aggressive yeah right? I agreed but a top twenty guy like yeah he's playing like that for sure this year yeah and so I guess. When does it become playing like that, and when do you just become a top? I mean, more than four months. Yeah, you know, like I mean, if he's doing this next season, deep into next season, then yeah, it's probably like this is him. Yeah, I agreed with that. Yeah, a couple other names I wanted to ask you, kind of just compare him to Jokic. Oh, he's way better than Jokic. Okay, I'm you know, there's a lot of Jokic hype right now, and oh, he's really good, but he's a one side of the floor player. How about Cat? Carl Anthony Towns. He's better than Cat. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I, and again, these are not fair comparisons, right? right? It's a fourth-year guy versus right. a, both two-year players, and, yeah. and Jokic and Cat. But I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, better than DeAndre? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would say better than DeAndre. Blake? No, I, I'm also very high on Blake, but I don't, I don't think he's better than Blake. I think, you know, you could start getting into like the injuries of Blake this year and, and stuff like that. But, uh, but I would go Blake over, over Rudy for sure. Uh, how about? Can I, complete opposite end of the spectrum here but someone like Damian Lillard um I'd take Rudy is that crazy I, I mean I, I don't know that it is at this point I don't like I Dame's awesome and he's been he's been incredible since the all-star break yeah um but you know he's a real liability on defense right I mean it'd be one thing if he was a center being that liability it's a little easier to hide as a point guard but um he's a liability on defense and I don't think he's he's not the level of three-point shooter he needs to be Right, like he's like a, he's like about a league average guy, I think, hmm. from three point range, maybe a little higher than that. I yeah. may have just completely undersold that. Well, I mean, we should look at I, either way that that defensive he, liability is. Yeah, like the, the volume of the volume of threes he takes, kind of makes up for it because the math. Helps. But all right, he's a thirty six point four percent three point shooter. Okay, which is that's that's fine, right? It's a, it's above league average by like point four percent. Right. But that, but like but, you know, that, there's a huge, and this is an unfair comparison, but there's a huge difference between. Damian Lillard doing this on seven and a half attempts a game and Steph Curry doing this on seven and a half attempts right. a game, right? In which, you know, maybe that's not the right standard to throw at them, but, but you know, being a league average guy and being an elite shooter in terms of three-point shooting, that that's where the difference is. And what it does for the rest of your team, too, setting up other stuff. Right, you know? exactly, the- yeah. But at the same time, like, he takes – last night removed, Lillard can take over a game in a way Rudy just isn't capable of. Sure. Yeah. So, but, I mean, maybe that factors in and, and moves it back towards Lillard's way, but I think Rudy's – at worst, Rudy's had a better year than Damian okay. Lillard. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Kyrie probably is a step above Dame, and therefore yeah. a step above Rudy. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I think. Uh, how about Kevin Love? This is. Uh, I mean, it's, Minnesota Kevin Love, right? No, right. But now, now Kevin Love. Yeah, Love I, mean, I, don't, I don't know that Kevin has much of a an argument here, okay. especially with the injuries. John Wall's probably better. I would definitely take John Wall. Yeah. So we're, I think we're at like top. Like we're at the fifteen to fifteen ish, yeah. yeah. And I, that's, I mean, going into this year, you would have said like it's a top forty, Probably fifty 30, guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe you're like flirting with top thirty and saying right. and trying yeah. to do that. But yeah, like for him to establish himself as maybe a top twenty guy in the NBA in this season, that's pretty good. And you and you talk about having superstars, and maybe you don't have the top five guy that you right. you know traditionally need to win a title, but you have. You have that guy who's gonna keep you as a contender, yeah. you know, at the like I say, the the Mark Gasol level, if you will, right. and if, keep and you that good for a long time. Yeah, and you're not you're not agreeing with my point of like Gordon Hayward is better than Rudy Gobert, right? 
No, for the purposes of today. And, right. and really, uh, I want to pretend Gordon Hayward's better because he's a free agent in three well, months you don't, and you we don't want have to keep him around. You don't have but. to pretend it. He is. But, uh, <laughs> but, but all right. So let's say he's comparable, right? Yeah. Like, or it's, it's 1A, 1B yeah. with him. Um, all right. Then they have two possibly top 20 guys. Right. That's pretty good. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty ideal. How many other teams have that? Clippers. War- Warriors, Warriors, Clippers. Um, somebody. Cavs. Sure. Cavs. Yeah. That's it? Probably. Spurs don't. No, I wouldn't take Aldridge as a number. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. even put Aldridge in the top 40, but I, I don't, I'm not big on this game. Uh, I mean, maybe the Pelicans now, but you have to. Rockets, how big are you on Sam Decker? Not. Is, okay, <laughs> then, yeah, not them. Top 300 players? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pelicans is a good call, but they don't really have anything else. Right. I just, well, I don't know. I just watch them win three straight games, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe they do. <laughs> they When Zach, Zach is actually the top 20 player there. Right. Uh, couple other th- random things from last night that I wanted to get to real quick. Sure. Uh, Howell Neto played over Dante Exum yesterday. Um, right. Dante had really been struggling in the last three games of that road trip. Um, and really, Quinn Snyder made the hook and, and yeah. played Neto. And Neto was great. You know, He was points. really good, yeah. Played uh, play solid defense. I really do just think it comes down to Neto's executing Snyder's system and, and Dante isn't. Yeah, I, I mean, Dante had been playing pretty well up until that point, right? Yeah, like literally last week, six days ago, I wrote Dante Exum has gotten better and like did this whole feature so maybe, on how he was better. And now you're definitely like, not a top twenty player for the Jazz. Then. Yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's really look. They're developing both these guys. They're developing all their young guys, right? And mm-hmm. they and I think we feel pretty confident in their abilities and their abilities to develop these guys. But they're also trying to win games and play for playoff seating. So right. if if Quinn Snyder thinks that. How old Neto is going to give him a better chance against the Knicks? Then yeah, that's what it should be. And it, and you know we want Dante to be great, but it's not every night. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. I've got three of your questions on Twitter that we want to get to. I want to talk about the Joe Johnson Boris Diaw thing? Diaw started last night. We'll talk about that. And I also want to talk about the 1997 reunion last Ooh, night yeah. here on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. I like the music selection, by the way. Mood jazz. I don't know. Is this jazz? Probably not. This it is, feels this, like it, Stevie Nixie, but it, I don't know. As soon if as it I said it, is. I realized it felt nothing like jazz. Uh, <laughs> it's just what our show is about, sure. so I, I get the confusion. Uh, before we get into your questions, I have a quick promotional oh. story for you. Okay. Remember last time I ordered glasses from glassesusa.com yeah. and paid full price for them? Right. Like a loser? Right. Like, I, anyway, I got them and they work. So oh. That's, are you wearing them right now? No. These are, <laughs> these are ones that I also paid full price for, but from a store here because I didn't really know about online glasses right. ordering until recently. Anyway. Uh, our listeners can make better choices than me and can get free, nope, not free, but glasses for 55% off uh, at glassesusa.com using the promo code almighty. Whoa. A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Wait, 55% off? That seems like too much percent off. Seems like an excessive amount. I said free, which is a lie, but you yeah. know, now that I undersold it, <laughs> oversold it, oversold it, uh, 55% off makes me feel bad for the people like me who pay full price, right? Right. That's, that's too much off. I don't need glasses, but um, well, actually, that's not true. Now my vision is great. Some would say perfect, but <laughs> I do feel like I need a pair of glasses to look smart. You got to keep up with the all the cool kids in the press room who have glasses. Yeah, I feel like I'm like who who, who has who has glasses? Aaron Falk has glasses. Mm-hmm. 
Angie Treasure has glasses? Yep. Who else has glasses? Uh, David Fisdale. David Fisdale? <laughs> Noted jazz media person, David Fisdale? <laughs> well, he just makes me jealous with his frames every He's time he He's got great comes. glasses. He probably got them at glassesusa.com. Yeah, probably. Find your David Fisdale frames at glassesusa.com. Use the promo code ALMIGHTY and get 55% off. All right. Let's answer some of these questions on Twitter. Um, any word on faves? Derek Favors, that is. And if no favors for the playoffs, what are the Jazz's chances in the first round? So two weeks ago, Derek Favors, it was announced, had an MRI on his knee, uh, continues to have a knee contusion, which has kept him out for the last couple of weeks. That press release said that he would be reevaluated at the end of next week, which was the end of last week. We asked him about it. We asked Quinn Snyder about it yesterday, and he was kind of in a bad mood, so he said, I'm not a doctor, which oh. is what he always Well, says. that's true. He isn't a doctor. And I'm like, yes, but we can't talk to the doctors, so we talk to you to... You I don't know. know. Have you requested the doctors? Uh, we have, and okay. they don't, yeah, they don't <laughs> let right. that happen. So uh, we don't really know what the word is on Derek Favors. I, I, I haven't even really heard anything. I saw him with his twins last night, and they were adorable, okay. And but I really have no idea. I suspect Derek Favors will be back for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's three weeks between now and the beginning of the playoffs. So I think right. that that should be enough time with that knee contusion. But I don't know what, uh, how, how likely that is. If there's no Derek Favors for the playoffs, I agree that the Jazz's chances of winning in the first round go down. Uh, maybe mostly because you just have to play Jeff Withy at backup center instead of Derek Favors, which is a big, big loss. And right. a lot of Boris Dio power forward minutes. Yeah, but I think, like, I don't know. I know Boris Dio hasn't been entirely consistent. In a seven-game series where he's matching up quite a bit with uh, with most Bates, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like he's got the upper hand. Okay, so you you'd start Joe Johnson and then most Bates. I'd actually start Joe Ingles. At, at the four. Yeah. Okay. I I don't hate that idea at all. Yeah. Uh, I I bring Joe Joe Johnson off the bench, uh, Boris Dio off the bench, and really try to exploit a, a Clippers bench that can be finicky. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm sold. Let's tell Quinn about it. I, I mean, I actually kind of like their chances without Derek Favors against the Clippers. And the Clippers, I think we agreed, are their hardest matchup. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, and they're most likely unless they come down, unless they fall to the seventh seed or something and face the Spurs. But right, that has a four percent chance of happening as of today. Five percent chance. Well, so. there wasn't there a point last year where they had like a ninety-one percent chance yeah, of making the playoffs I, and they didn't I, do it. So maybe that four percent is pretty likely. Twenty sixteen was a bad year for it was math. Not, it was a bad year for a lot of stuff. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I uh, you know your your point is well taken. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. Okay, fair. Uh, our famous Greek fan Georgios Spanias Georgios asks: Is the first round loss a failure for this Jazz? Hi from Athens, Greece. It depends on how they lose, right? Yeah. Like if you go seven games with the Clippers and you just you can't you just don't have enough in Game Seven to win. I think it's fine. Yeah. If you lose in five games or four games in the first round, and or or you you know just don't you get blown out in a bunch of the games that you lose like i that's that's bad that's a failure right and i do think you know if yeah if they exploit a certain weakness or you know right. and just blow you off the floor or yeah. or really make it clear that something's not going to be working about this franchise long term right. and i don't know that they have like the cap space to fix it exactly and, I, and then I think, that's a problem yeah and i think too that there's just a there will be questions of is this jazz team really that good right right like they're going to win 50 games like is this jazz team really as good as their record says and and that will be measured based on four to seven games in the first round. Yeah, and and kind of what their upside is moving yeah, forward. Yeah, and, and so know, and so if you compete and still lose, but you're very competitive, and and I don't know, maybe you can even spin it as like we got you know 
we got a game taken from us because of officials or whatever. Like if you can, you know, kind of have that, you just want to show that you belong and, and you're legit. Right. Right. Like that's the important part. Obviously you want to win. Like I wouldn't say they need to win a first round series, but it would be highly favorable yeah, for them, be, to, for them to win a first round series. And so if you, if you can't do that, but you still compete and look like you belong, then that's good enough. Yeah. And in a tough matchup against a good yeah. team, you know, either honestly, probably either the Rockets or the Clippers would be kind of, acceptable losses. Yeah, I think so. I think if you Especially lose... Especially if you don't have home court to the Clippers. You know, if you're right. a five seed right. against the Clippers and you lose in seven, that's exactly. totally fine. Um, yeah, if you blow a game seven on your home court, that's probably not great, but still, you got to a game seven. Right. Um, if they l- match up with the Thunder and lost to the Thunder, it's probably not great. That's probably a failure, right? They yeah. should be a better team than the Thunder. Agreed. Uh, we've got a, uh, we've got how underrated was w- Ricky Davis from Sean Haywood? Um, I mean, are there people who don't think he's the greatest player of all time? I... Uh, Still, I, I mean, this is you know, he's he's the greatest player of all time. I don't know. I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> so fairly underrated, it sounds right, like exactly. Uh, same. Sean Hayward asks. Also, why didn't the Jazz wear their throwbacks last night? Um, Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. It turns out that it takes like a surprising amount of lead time in order to wear a throwback jersey, right. and you have to you have to let the NBA know like something like eighteen months in advance. That you're going to be doing these that throwback uniforms insane. or something. Insane. Eighteen right? months. Like, why does the NBA need that? Is that an Adidas it, thing? Maybe. Weird. Were they Adidas jerseys back then? I don't know, but I they, no they would have to be Adidas now. Right. That's yeah. exactly. So maybe they don't have the rights to the mountainous that's stuff on the low. I, I, like the this is what I've been told: is right. it takes eighteen months. Wow. To submit a, a yeah throwback. Yeah, jersey I guess when did they use. know that they were going to do this tribute? I think last year. I th- okay, this has been in the works yeah, for then, a long time. That's not enough time. Right. Um, but yeah. Apparently, right. whatever it was, it was not enough. Because that, that's like? something they that the they wore the pie jerseys last night. No, they wore the standard whites. Uh, oh right. Yeah. It, I was on a back to back. I don't know. What to yeah, tell you. Pri- <laughs> I think pride jerseys may have been. Uh, it's a little bit mixed messaging because that's an '80s thing, right? Right. Yeah, I guess so. So I don't know. Maybe cover all the errors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've got from one uh, Lutz Zauer's Jager. I don't know how you say it. Let's be honest. Uh, Andy, do you see the Jazz trading favors? Rodney Hood and other assets to upgrade at the shooting guard or power forward position. Um, since I was asked, yeah, you you were asked, not me. <laughs> um, I no, would, I I don't see them Hood. being able to trade those guys to get better at those spots. Right, right, like those are pretty good players. Well, and I mean, I don't know if like Jimmy Butler became available. Sure, okay, and that's their way of like selling Gordon on resigning. Of like, hey, we're bringing in Jimmy Butler. Sure, right, like but, you, you don't have to play against him anymore. Congratulations, he's your teammate. And you move a package of favors and hood, then yeah, I guess technically. Yeah. Okay. Then that, yeah, then sure. You've happening. upgraded. You're right. But a, I don't know how that package gets right. Jimmy Butler. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's nothing know. that the Jazz can add to this it. This Bulls makes it... franchise is pretty stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not good. <laughs> this trade is not working out for them. But we'll we'll talk about that in the around the NBA right. segment. All right. I think that gets to all the questions. Uh. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do the 1997 thing really quickly. So. Uh, first of all, last night was a lot of fun having all of the 1997 players in. Everyone really, but Carl Malone, Shannon Anderson, and Greg Foster, who's an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. Uh, Shannon Shannon Anderson is just missing. Carl Malone uh, is was like opening a a a new housing complex for underprivileged okay. people in right. Louisiana. So pretty good know, reason. Yeah, good good on him. Something that they've been working on for a number of years. Uh, so. You know, all good, all good reasons, and it was really a great event. Um, halftime was was a lot of fun. You know, everyone yeah. was standing. 
Uh, everyone you could tell was appreciative. I, you know, I teared up because that team meant a lot to me. Sure. And like growing up with my dad watching that team, yeah. was, it was really cool. So uh, um, for someone who wasn't from Utah, what yeah. was it? For, you know, what was it? Like? I mean, you know me. I'm I'm on team dead inside. Like yeah, okay. I'm I'm pretty cynical in in everything. And yeah. I you know dead inside. You you don't feel a whole lot. Right. Uh, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Like there was part of me that you know I I actually got into I got into town at like seven thirty last night um off my flight and rushed home and changed and then came to the arena and got there right before tip off um and there were there was a point during that flight where i was like maybe i don't need to come to this right, right. like it's just the knicks like i want to see chris steps but yeah, you know, whatever it's the knicks did our selfie with me angie and Haley change your mind no i had made up my mind okay. at that <laughs> point before that i saw that but that i sure it clinched it why not yes. uh, <laughs> but but then i was like i don't know this seems like a cool celebration you know i heard about a lot from Haley and and knowing right. you know what was going on and um and when i got there and and you get into the whole halftime thing it, you think like oh they're just introducing the guys whatever this is what this is going to be fine but it was like this really cool moment like you could feel emotion you could feel just excitement like they're barking at antoine Carr, like you know mm-hmm. like they're cheering gray ghoster tag they you know they they're chanting jerry jerry um it was an awesome thing to see like as someone who has no emotional investment in that team yeah, uh, it was awesome to see. Like it w- really was a cool experience. I think Jerry's diagnosis kind of ups the emotional. Sure, um, absolutely. Yeah, th- that a, yeah, a you, little. I bit. mean, you see him out there, and, um, and you just—I don't know—like you love him, right? Like right. he's he's the, one of the greatest, and and you want him to be healthy. And I think it did for the players too, and that was a large reason why sure. that, you know they got everyone who was yeah. available to to come in. Right. Again, no one has talked to Shannon Anderson in in years. No one knows how to find him. It's, no. Yeah, it's, Isaiah Thomas probably can't even get in, in contact with <laughs> him. He gave him an absurd amount of money. <laughs> it was a great contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was really cool. I thought the media availability earlier in the day was really cool. They kind of just set them up at different places around the Zions Bank Basketball Center. And then, of course, um, John Stockton wanted to reenact the shot. Yeah. And How like, cool called Brian Russell over to yeah. do it. And, uh, yeah. and he hit it. And he hit, and he hit it the first time. That's like, awesome. That he still got it. Yeah, that was cool, and did his like goofy little celebration afterwards. Yeah. And, he, and Tony Parks pretended to be Hot Rod Hunley, sure. which is which is goofy and yeah. fun, and yeah, it was just like one of those things that, like you said, kind of felt uh, like it could have been manufactured, right, right, right and, right, and it didn't feel that way because of the people involved. And yeah. I think that you know it was the just jazz and and those people deserve a lot of credit. Extremely well done. All right, we got to take another break. Um, on the other side, I actually well. I want to do the Gordon Hayward quote next segment, and we do still have the Boris Diaw, Joe Johnson thing. So we'll sure. talk about those things next on the Salt City Hoop Show here on ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. We've got a spicy little college basketball game going on here. Yeah. Uh, 52-52, Gonzaga, West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia making a little bit of a comeback there to get that tied. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see if Gonzaga loses in the early rounds again, despite being a number one seed. Right, exactly. It's never happened before. No. Unprecedented. Uh, Kansas also trails Purdue 16-20, though much if, more time left in that If game. for some reason you were so inclined, you could go to twitter.com slash talk hoops and mm-hmm. one of the latest tweets for me is a breakdown of Purdue sophomore big man Caleb Swanigan. Oh. How about that? Okay. He's very good. But maybe not ready for the modern NBA. 
click through to, and read to find out. That seems like an intriguing topic. <laughs> I will I will do I will definitely do that maybe after the segment, yeah, maybe, maybe not. not. Just like, click it. I don't care. Just click read. it, read it out loud uh, on the yeah, video. Exactly. Yeah. Uh I wanted to play this quote from Gordon Hayward last night. Um it's funny, you know, I think there's a general groove we get into when we interview players post game and ask them the, kind of the same sort of questions and you know, you kind of get the the narrative of a season and, and sure. how each individual game fits into that. Um, and then foreign media comes in and they want they ask completely different questions, which actually like are probably smarter questions to ask than what we did. Uh, and someone asked last night, I believe that they were from uh, China, on what Gordon Hayward thinks about loyalty and staying with one team for the, a, a entire player's career, sure. which is actually a pretty relevant question given the choices Gordon Hayward has this offseason. Uh, let's go ahead and hear what Gordon Hayward had to say. You know, I think every player has different situations for reasons why they leave or stay. Uh, I think it's definitely cool when guys play their whole career in, in one city. I grew up watching the Pacers, and, and Reggie stayed there his whole career, and you know, he was a guy that everybody looked up to. Um, so I think it's definitely cool. Like I said, every every situation's different. Every player 